Hi, welcome to the Meg Pearson podcast, Fertile at 40. I'm your host, Meg Pearson. After many health complications due to alcohol addiction and an eating disorder that ruled my world for close to 20 years, I was told I would never have children. At 38, I naturally and surprisingly fell pregnant and the transition from maiden to mother was wrought with love, grief, excitement, and healing. Becoming a mama was about far more than just soothing stitches and learning how to care for a tiny human. It was, and still is, a relearning of who I am and what I am truly capable of. After over two challenging years trying to conceive a second baby since, I gratefully and naturally conceived my second child just as I turned 41, after three losses and heaps of heartache. I am a doula in training, holistic chef, teacher of yoga, and a childbirth educator, and I am here to share my story because I know it's not just mine. Join me each week for unbiased convos with a no-bullshit approach to faith, infertility, conscious conception, and connected pregnancy, with birth stories, expert interviews, and personal anecdotes to help tell the story of creation. Welcome. Now let's do this. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Fertile at 40 podcast. I'm so thrilled to have you here once again, and I am excited to have another real life, real mama birth story, this time with 30-year-old Canadian mama Michelle Woke. Now, at the time of this recording, her first child, Hadley, was five and a half months old, and you'll probably hear her making her adorable little baby sounds during the recording because she was right there with us, and it was just, God, it was so, so sweet. Now, Michelle lives in a rural area in northern Canada and birthed in hospital in a nearby city. So she's going to share about the research and preparation she did prior to going into labor and how that really helped her stand firm in her intentions for an intervention-free natural birth. Michelle was able to experience the empowered and magical birth that she wanted in hospital and attributes a lot of her ability to do that thanks to her doula, and she herself being so prepared and educated. So one of the big reasons, guys, why I have certified as a childbirth educator and doula is because I myself did not prepare well enough, as you probably know if you've heard my episode talking about Kobe's birth, Um, and, and it's so important to not only have people on your side, a birth team that really supports you and your intentions, but also for you yourself to be really, really in tune and aware about what your options are and and being able to speak on your behalf, but more importantly, having someone there like a doula to be able to support you and speak for you because there are a lot of times during the labor process where we don't really, we become nonverbal and having someone there to, to really advocate for us is so, so important. Anyways, okay, so back to Michelle's story. What I really, really, really loved about Michelle's story was just one part where she shares what we refer to in the holistic stages of labor as the return, which is a a period immediately postpartum where the mother spends time stabilizing and allowing herself to return from the birth portal. And, And Michelle's story is a beautiful one. So as is her energy, and I hope that you all enjoy Here it is, my conversation with Michelle Woke. One last thing before we get into the conversation, I want to remind you that this podcast provides general information and discussion about natural medicine, health, pregnancy, and childbirth-related subjects. The content here should not be taken as medical advice, and the content here is for informational purposes only, and because each person is so unique, please consult with your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Now, on with the show. 
Okay, Michelle, welcome. Welcome to the show, Fertile at 40 podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you. I am so excited to be here. A little nervous, but I'm excited to share my journey with you. Yes, yes. So let's get right into this. Michelle, please tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what your conception journey was like, if you want to get things started. Yeah, so my name is Michelle Woke, and I live in Canada. I'm in Alberta. I'm about two hours north of Edmonton, and I know what you're thinking. There's nothing north of Edmonton, and honestly, that's true. Uh, just me and a bunch of trees, so we're up here. It's still cold and snowy. Um, I'm 30 years old. I'm married to an amazing man named Craig, and we have a beautiful five-and-a-half-month-old baby girl named Hadley. Um, I'm also a teacher. I'm currently at home full time with our little girl. I don't have too many plans on going back. I would just love to stay home and have more babies and take care of everybody's babies at home. Uh, that's my goal. See if I can make money doing that. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, I love it. And so, yeah, our conception journey, we started, it took us five months uh, to end up getting pregnant, which I mean, ultimately is not a long time in the grand scheme of things but when you're in it it feels like the longest five months like that every chunk of like that two weeks so you you know you have your period okay now I gotta wait a week and then your period is done and then you're like I've got one more week till I can try and then you try for these few days and then it's like two weeks of waiting and I told myself I would not take a test an early test because that's torture is it a false negative? I don't know. So I would wait two weeks and then nothing, or you'd get your period. And then it starts all over and you're like living in these little mm -hmm. like chunks of time. And it's just daunting. And you feel like everyone's getting pregnant around you. And so it felt like a long time, but it really wasn't. Um, what I found really was our secret. I mean, I tracked my period forever for 10 plus years you know, got my period this day, ended this day. Sure. You're probably going to get it this day and you probably ovulate here. Uh, that obviously wasn't working for me. I had long cycles. So my ovulation wasn't like perfectly in the middle. So I started testing my luteinizing hormone, my LH hormone. And that was a huge game changer for me because the first time I tried that, I realized I missed my ovulation, even though I thought it was coming in a few days so, I mean, we tried anyways. And then uh, the next month I was like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to get this. And yeah, I realized I was ovulating day 17 instead of day 14 and bang, bang, boom, we got it and it worked for us. And I was like, woo, science, you know, <laughs> uh, which was awesome. And yeah, I waited the two weeks, oh, baby. <laughs> waited the two weeks and I'm, I missed my period one day and I'm like, I know it. I know it. It's fine. I don't even need to take a test. I knew. And I went home that evening and we took a test and it was finally positive. We were so excited. It was like such a blessing. We, I recorded the reaction of us looking at the test and it is honestly so pure. My husband didn't know he was being recorded, which is the best part of it. Of course. And he's in like his fleece onesie just got off work like his bottom layer it was no or it was February he's in like a one-piece Helly Hansen thing 
video with like big socks pulled up to his knees. <laughs> I'm just like, oh gosh, that's, you know, we're not Pinterest people. We're not those people. That was very real. It was in our kitchen. Our bed was like in our living room. I'm like, yeah, that's us. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it was. I look back at the video and I was in blue. He was in blue. The TV was shining blue behind us on the walls. And I'm like, it's a boy. It's a boy. It wasn't a boy. <laughs> it was not a boy. <laughs> <laughs> no boy, but I really convinced myself it was. <laughs> well, I love that you shared that you that you made that video because I also saw that you have also recorded, um, which you see a lot on, on, on social media right now, but how you told your family, you know, you did the whole pretend to take a photo. Yes. I like really had them eating out of the palm of my hands. It was, we were all together for my mom's birthday. And the next day my dad was driving to Ontario. He was going to Thunder Bay to see our Baba, his mom. And uh, Easter was coming up. Hi, sweetheart. Easter was coming up and I had said, oh, you know, I have this gift, dad. I want to give it to Baba. So I want you to take it tomorrow. So I don't have to mail it, but I have a picture frame in it and it's empty. So I was wondering if we could just all take a quick picture I'll send it to my email, I'll print it off, put it in, you take it. And he's like, oh, okay. And so they're making pizza. And I'm like, let's take this picture already, people. Because I knew what I was doing. And they're like, okay, okay. So we all line up and the girls, my nieces are like, we want to say pickles and cheese. I'm like, okay. So we're like, pickles and cheese. And we're all smiling. And then it was, say Auntie Shell's pregnant. <laughs> I've watched the video honestly probably a thousand times I cry every single time and I just look at each one of my family members faces at that exact moment my dad like it makes me want to sob like a grown baby when mm. I see how excited he was and he I was like jumping up and down wasn't he really jumping up and down like clapping like praying to the gods he was so everyone was just screaming and jumping and I just like I mean, I'm 30. So like they've been waiting. We thought this would happen a long time ago. I thought I'd have all my babies before 30, you know, so I've always wanted to be a mother. It's been a known thing forever. So to think I've waited this long, they were just like, yes, like your mm. dream, our dream, everyone's dream. And like with the perfect man, like this is perfect. And I just feel so lucky because she gets this video Mm -hmm. of all her favorite people so excited to know her and she, they don't even know who she is and like they already love her so much and that video is so evident of that and yeah I think yeah. that would be special that. so yeah. so how far you was this early on in your pregnancy that you did this photo how how early was that, that? Was 11 weeks okay so like we had a secret like Craig my husband was like, I really want to wait till that magic time, you know, that 12 week part. But I was like, I could have told my parents and his family and our, all our sisters and stuff. Um, like that day, I was so excited. So it was like a big secret for me. I was working full time at the time. Um, and I was just like, I just want somebody to understand me. Why I'm just like exhausted or just like not myself or not going sledding with my nieces. Like I was making excuses, all these things. And I'm like, just like them to know. And then it just kind of was the perfect time. We were going to wait for Easter, but my dad was leaving. It was my mom's birthday. I'm like, it's perfect. We're all getting together. And it's, I didn't like call the family meeting. So it's not suspicious. Okay. <laughs> so now is the time. So it was perfect. 
So let's talk a little bit more about the rest of your pregnancy then. So you were feeling exhausted first, first trimester. Did you have a lot of the typical, typical symptoms then? Honestly, no, like most people don't like to hear this, but I had the best pregnancy. Mm, Good. I had no, like I was tired, of course. And it's an exhaustion. Like you can't explain it. Like it's wild. And I don't always work full time because I am a teacher and I just pick up um, mat leaves and bereavements and things like that. So I happened to be working full time. So it was just like a lot all at once being super early pregnant, not telling anyone working. So I was feeling super tired, writing report cards, like, oh my gosh, I'm dying here. And not having the understanding, right? Being able to tell anyone. And, um, but I was so lucky, no nausea, which is amazing because I feel like my body's like natural reaction to any sort of inconvenience is like to get sick and to feel nauseous. Like any sort of anxiety, that's my first and not once, not, not even a little bit. And thank God, I'm not sure I could have handled it. I really couldn't. And my relationship with food completely changed. I just was like the most ravenous human. I needed like a pre-breakfast, breakfast, Mm -hmm. post-breakfast, baby craved fruit, 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 like juicy fruit. I would have like fruit trays and just devour them. Like, oh gosh, we had the hottest summer of like all time. We're in Northern Alberta. We don't get very warm summers. We had like three, two week stints of like plus 40. And I'm like, yes, of course, because I'm super pregnant and we're moving and packing and okay, this is good. Uh, but honestly, like I just had the most blessed pregnancy. I only worked for that first few weeks and then I was off and I just got to be with my body and with my baby. And I had a lot of moments, like we were speaking earlier of that hindsight is 2020 kind of thing. And it's, you're projecting forward and you're like, wow, I'm not going to get this with my next pregnancy. Like this is going to be the only pregnancy where it's like me and my normal life. And this little buddy with me, mm-hmm. like next time it's going to be this buddy is like two and screaming. And I have this belly that, you know, is virtually like, ignored. <laughs> I'm just like, uh, and I, I thought about that a lot during my pregnancy, like really soak this in. And yeah. all my girlfriends, we were all pregnant at the same time. My gosh, there are so many babies in this town. So a beautiful community of pregnant ladies to go through it with, but they, a lot of them were working and a lot of them didn't get the time to themselves that I did. And I found I did, that was really where a lot of my empowerment came from because I had so much time to educate myself on birth, labor, how it's done, you know, back in the day, how it's done now, how we can find a happy medium, like I, yeah. And so I had a ton of time to read. I read, I read, I read for like six months. I just read all day long. And I really feel like that is what gave me the the labor and the delivery that I, that I wanted, but I just, I was so ready. I was so not scared. I was so prepared in like, Mm. you can't be prepared, but prepared, you know? Yeah. Mentally prepared. I don't know if you could be physically prepared for that (laughs) journey, but you do it. And I just feel really lucky um, that I had got that education before she came. Hi. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like, and I, I mean, and I've shared and I shared with you and I've shared on the podcast before that, you know, I went into our, I mean, I got pregnant after spending 35 years saying I didn't want to have kids and couldn't have kids. So I had a lot of catching up to do just on this whole idea of being pregnant, becoming a mother. Absolutely. And I did not give enough in give enough in of my time towards preparing for the actual act of birth. My philosophy was, well, it's something that physiologically just happens. And, you know, push, yeah. But but what but was missing the the ability to advocate for myself. So that's where where things ended up not going in the direction that I had intended. Um, but what a gift that you had that time to do that. So let's talk about let's talk about your birth. What 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 was it like? How did it start? How far along were you? All of that good stuff. Yeah. So um, yeah, just touching on that advocation of um, for you in that moment, I did have a doula <clears throat> with me and. She was the reason why I got what I wanted. A hundred percent, I give full credit to this woman. She is an angel on earth, as are all people who birth babies and hold space for pregnant ladies, honestly, just angels. And so I went into labor 40 plus four, so four days after my due date, um, I was feeling super pregnant. <laughs> I'm like, when you said your ba- your second belly was twice as big, I'm like, how is that? Po- that's not, nope, that's not possible. <laughs> I was, I am a small framed woman and man, oh man, I was large and in charge. And I'm like, that can't be double the size, can it? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, so bless you, my girl. <laughs> I had no like early, like I had no breast and hicks. I had never experienced like any kind of early labor signs or anything like that. It was always just like anything changed. Nope. Okay. See you next week. And it was just really <sighs> chill. And then it was, yeah, 40 plus four. And I, it was the middle of the night, the night before I made dinner and it was super spicy. And I'm not sure if that's a real thing, but it (laughs) kind of happened for me. Um, And I was just kind of feeling kind of funny. Like I felt like I had a bladder infection the night before I went into labor. And I told my husband, like, you know, I have this like pad and I've been leaking fluids a little bit. Like maybe I'm just going to sleep on a towel tonight Mm -hmm. and just let things air out. Like, I don't know go to bed, whatever. It's four in the morning. And I kind of feel like, oh, I should maybe go wipe myself a little bit. Stepped on the floor and just whoosh. Wow. I like in, broke, like, like in, in movies. movies. I know. And they, so like that, they call it a pre, pre-membrane, premature membrane um, rupture. Uh-huh. Apparently that only happens to 10% of women where they have no labor, feeling no contractions before the water breaks, if their water ever breaks on its own. Mm -hmm. So like, I was not expecting that. It is a lot of liquid. So I, it was like, whoosh, my husband shot out of bed. He says, I thought you were dumping the humidifier on the ground. He was like, how can I help you? (laughs) I'm like, babe, my water broke. He's like, Oh, oh my God. Okay. Okay. Lights are on. We're up. It's four in the morning. So I cleaned up. I called my doula. She's like, everything's going to be fine. How are you feeling? And I'm like, yeah, I'm like cramping a little bit, just like a very soft period pain. She's like, take a shower, pack up your stuff and come on into the city. So we were, we had a hospital birth as well. It was something that I had decided before I became empowered about birth. 
So, and then I regretted about a month before and I wanted to retract it, but my doula was like, no, it's fine. We're going to have your home birth in the hospital and it's fine. So she said, come to the hospital. And I live two hours away. Like I said, I live in the trees. Uh, so we packed our things. I called my mom. I cried on the phone like, mom, I'm having a baby. <laughs> and she's like, okay, honey, like you got this. We'll come pick the dog. So we got to the city. It was like eight, eight o'clock. So I'd been in labor for four hours and I was still fine. Still totally just walking it out. All was well. Got to the hospital. The lady checking me in was like, you are the most chipper person I have met in days. And I'm in labor. And I was like, well, thank you. And she's like, what is your secret? I was like, perspective, I guess. And she's like, I like that. And I'm like, uh okay that was that was a nice way to get entered into the hospital so I went in they monitored me they did all the checks things like that and like I hadn't had any cervical checks I hadn't had uh, GSB swab nothing like that prior to any of this so like I was just walking on in there and they were like do you want an epidural I'm like no thank you and the resident doctor she was a young lady she was like well I can you want me to put the call in because like if I don't do it now like there's a chance you won't get it later. And I'm like, no, I don't want that temptation, but thank you. She's like, "Mm, are you sure? I'm like, Mm. lady, thank you. My doula wasn't allowed in that part until I'm in active labor, just because of regulations. Um, So it was just my husband and I. And so I was there for about two hours and they sent me home. I lived two hours away. So I got a hotel and they were like, yeah, it was like 11 in the morning. And they're like, come back around four, you know, like once you're four or five centimeters dilated, then we'll put you in the labor room. And I'm like, okay, sounds good. So we pack up and we go down, we get into the, to the hotel, which is like just across the street, very, very close. And like, I couldn't even get out of the vehicle. I was like, whoa, these hurt. Like, what the heck? So then I get up into the hotel and I'm like, like I can't just step my way out of these like this is more than I thought and they were like a minute long three minutes apart two minutes apart and I was like oh my app keeps telling me you need to go to the hospital you need to go to the hospital you're like I just left what (laughs) yeah exactly so my doula called and she's on voice or on speaker and is like I want to hear her contract and then she listened to me a few times and I was getting a little bit sick and she was like, Michelle, it's time to go back to the hospital. I'm like, it's been like 45 minutes. She's like, I'll meet you at the front doors. And I'm like, okay, we're doing this. So there goes my husband packing up the hotel room. We've been there an hour. <laughs> Packed me up, got back into the hospital. Another dad had seen me when we were leaving. And he looked at me when we came back. He's like, I was fast. I'm like, I know. He's like, not as chipper. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> Oh gosh. So then we get up and we get into um, the labor room. It was probably one o'clock, but time is like not real at yeah. that point. You know, I'm in such a primal, like, I have not a lot of memory of actual active labor because my eyes were closed and I was naked and just like rocking and moaning. Like, it was, yeah, I don't really remember a ton of it. Um, and we tried a few things. So we had, like, I got into the bath, but then I wanted the tens machines and I had to get out of the bath. (laughs) Uh, tens machine was really nice. Um, but then it was like, 
too much to think about to press the button. So then I didn't want that. Um, and my nurses like kept saying like, well, we need to give you a shot in your leg and we need to give you a Pitocin and we need to do this. And my doula was like, she don't want it. And uh, she really like put up an umbrella of protection around me. Like, I don't remember the nurses bugging me about anything, but apparently they were relentless. And my doula just like, was like, you don't have to answer any questions. And I remember one time she was like, okay, the nurses are going to change now. So they're going to come in and introduce themselves to you. You don't have to reply. I was on the toilet, like, uh, <laughs> you know, in my space. And I just remember, hi, I'm Lauren. And I'm like, you're like I don't care <laughs> I, you know what my name is it's on the chart on the door like you know who I am I'm the lady the baby right now yeah. uh, and she yeah and so we turned down every single I didn't even have an IV in my arm and that is like the first thing they do at the hospital just in case everything is just in case right yeah. and we shut it all down and I remember after we had the baby that resident doctor that had kind of pushed that epidural call earlier. She was there with all her um, students and stuff. And they were all like taking pictures and like they're looking. And I, one of the first things I said was like, you didn't think I could do it to another woman, which is like hard to say in a medical place that is designed to deliver babies. Yeah. You know, like she was just ready to push that on me and then like tempted me in a very vulnerable time. Like I very much wanted that epidural. Absolutely. I did. You know what I mean? But like, I trusted my body in that moment. And I was like, no, you said you wanted to try to do this. You can do this. Like, let's do it. And I was so proud when I did it. And I just remember being like, you didn't think I could do that. That's a shame that you're here working in this ward with all these women. And you really didn't doubt me. And she said, I don't, we don't see this often. And she said, like, her students will probably not see that in a long time. A completely unintervened hospital birth. Yeah. It's rare. And it's honestly, truly because of my doula. And it's because I was educated in what my body was doing at that time. And in advocating. Like, I was told, you are going to get pushed into doing stuff. You are going to not be able to create, to like, to like stand up for yourself in that time. And sometimes your husbands maybe just aren't, you know, as loud as they could be too. And that's well, when we do a really stepped in. Yeah. And I think a lot of it too, is our husbands, they might know what we want, but when we are, when they're seeing us doubled over, they're like, moaning, her help, please. Yeah. And make her feel better. Sure. Yeah. But then it's like, you but that's the thing about education okay so sure you don't want an epidural that's fine but you still need to be educated in what happens when you get an epidural what happens after an epidural like what can you still have a vaginal birth is it do you have a higher percentage of going to a cesarean you need to know those things and yeah sure nobody goes in well not nobody some a lot of women go in thinking I'm not getting a cesarean but it happens yep. so you need to know what that looks like and what your rights are in that moment because when you're like getting wheeled into surgery that's not the time to be like hey by the way I only want one of my hands tied down and I want instant skin to, skin to skin they will give that to you if that's like pre-talked about but like yeah. maybe not right then you know what I mean 
vaginal seeding. That's a huge thing. A lot of women don't know about vaginal seeding. And if they did and they got to these, you know, they're like, well, I'm going to have a vaginal birth. Well, yes, but then what happens if you don't and you didn't learn about vaginal seeding? You could save, you know, you can help your baby by being educated before you get to that place that you didn't think you get to. Yeah, and I think that this is why it's so important for, you know, childbirth education, whether you're doing it on your own, like you had the had the ability to be able to do a lot of that research on your own. Working with a doula, I'm sure she incited a lot of that wisdom for you. Yes. You know, yes childbirth education courses, prenatal courses, all of that stuff. And I'm not talking about the ones that you go and you get for free at the hospital, right? But working oh. with someone yeah. that can educate yeah. you about, you know, the way that I like to talk to clients is having an A plan, a B plan and a C plan. The C plan is your cesarean plan, you know, That's because even That's if- That's what I've had too, belly, belly birth, vaginal birth, like you need to know. Yeah, you, you need to just have a plan because you never know what's going to happen. Whether you're planning a home birth like we are, but we're still going to have a plan for if we have to be transferred to the hospital for a, for a cesarean, right? We're going to have a list of our desires and our wants that, yes, our doula and our yeah. midwife will be able to yes. advocate for us. Honestly. And you know what? There's so much, like social media is such a blessing and a curse, really. I found so many women online that have so much information for free on their Instagram about birth and like just pain-free births and um, physiological births. And I found like just being able to share like real true birthing videos. Oh gosh, I watched so many of those. And I feel like it re-hardwired my brain of what birth actually looks like because it's not on the movies. Her water breaks, you're running to the hospital. She's screaming, he's passing out push you're just like that ah! it's not like that it is so calm and beautiful and raw and like and seeing all these videos that people get to post online now that women didn't have you know 10 15 years ago just like hardwires your brain like oh that's what a birthing environment yeah. actually looks like and it's calm and the lights are off and we had twinkle lights and candles everywhere mm -hmm. and it was beautiful, you know, like I, it was, it's and not Hadley what, loved it. She did actually. <laughs> she, did, she was the star. She did so good. Yeah. She honestly, she, she got a little stuck. Yes. Didn't you? Cause you're a big girl. Got a little stuck on her shoulders, but my, my OB was amazing. Um, and he, you know, just was like, okay, next contraction. We're going to push I need two pushes. He looked at Craig. He's like, daddy, you catch it? And he's like, yep. Craig was like, do I need gloves or something? He's like, no, it's all your gut. Like, yeah, exactly. Craig just like rolled up his sleeves and I was like, okay, contraction is coming. And he's like, push girl. And I just remember like my doula saying like all of the, all of the sensation, all of this stops immediately as soon as that baby is born. And she was just like, you're about to meet your daughter. And I just remember like, let's do this, mm -hmm. you know, and just bore down. And like, it wasn't like purple pushing or anything like that. Like my body did it for myself entirely. It was so crazy. And then I just remember her body coming out and me like, Ooh, that was a very weird feeling. Like, yeah. A little wiggle, the weird wiggle, <laughs> like gushy and everything. There's a lot of liquid again. <laughs> and, yeah. And 
then I like I was on my hands and knees and I was like propped up on the back of the hospital bed that was propped up and so I didn't see her come out and then I was like stuck backwards with my like cord still in me and they're like she's perfect she's beautiful I'm like trying to look backwards <laughs> and I'm like I have all the time to look at her I just put my head down on the bed and I was just like oh. and my doula got a photo of me and I have the most relieved empowered look on my face I look exhausted but I'm just like oh, I did it I did it I did that yeah, I did that. And yeah, and it's just been a blur ever since that moment. <laughs> well, and I love, I love that, that you talk about that moment because this is a, you know, one of the holistic stages of labor is, is, is allowing the mother to have that moment of pride for themselves where they don't even want to look at the kid. They're just like, this moment's for me. Right. Right. It's so true. And I thought like, I would be like, give me that baby, you know, but like, there's that like it's like three minutes and it happens so fast and mm -hmm. it's you know like she was still all tied up and all that stuff they were waiting for the cord uh to stop pulsing and all that and um I just was like holy crap like you did it mm -hmm. you did it exactly how you said you were gonna do it like you proved everyone wrong like so many people put fear into me throughout my pregnancy not even meaning not like trying to be rude or mean it's just like how people talk about birth really and it all stems from probably their traumatic experience yeah and it's sad that so many women have that experience because I feel so blessed that I got what I wanted and what I had set out to get and then to see all my friends around me not getting that you know and it's like you almost have a guilt in a sense like like I said, like when you were like, how were your pregnancy symptoms? I'm like, I didn't have any. I felt amazing. That's beautiful. And it's so hard to boast like that, you know, especially when you were in the moment or you're talking to another pregnant lady who's really going through it. They don't want to hear you're doing awesome, unfortunately, you know? No, but I think that this is the conversation that needs to be had too, because that the big reason why, you know, there's not enough conversations about this. Like I had a guest on the show not too long ago who was 40 and conceived really easily. And her birth was really easy at home. And she doesn't like talking about it to a certain extent because people get pissed, you know, like it shouldn't be that easy if you're 40. Like if I'm having a hard time at 30, how, how is it easy for you at 40? And it's like, there's no competition. There's no right or wrong. And you can literally cannot compare any experience to any other experience like that is what growing up or living in this town with you know 20 other pregnant ladies do within two months of you every single one of us had every single different symptom every single different everything like we couldn't compare to save our lives like we were like my me and my best friend we thought for sure we're having different genders because We've had such entirely different pregnancies. Every single thing has been different. We were due 10 days apart. We got an ultrasound, our uh, gender scan on the same day and hung out, did a gender reveal with each other that night. And we were shocked that we were both having girls because it was like, how is that possible? Mm -hmm. Like all the wives tales tell us you're having a boy. I'm having a girl. How is this? Well, this you know? is, that, and that's just it, right? These wives that's tales. It. Definitely not evidence-based 
information. <laughs> no, it's so not, honestly. And then like, you know, we go through our whole pregnancies together. We went through our entire conception together, actually. Um, we started at the same time. She ended up getting pregnant and having a miscarriage in that time that I had still tried. And then she had got pregnant a second time, only two weeks before I got pregnant, but still she had gotten pregnant twice in the time that I still hadn't. And so we really went through it all step by step thinking we're having twins. Like we are having twin girls. We're going to raise them as twins. She ended up having her daughter three and a half weeks early. I had Hadley late. They are five and a half weeks apart. I'm like, they're not even close to twins. Like they, how does that happen? It is, there's no, there's no calculations. There's no rules no rules no rules we we, no. we can set our intentions and the babies our little spirit babies they are they're you know there's so much of it is, is on them they're in charge of it all they're the only ones that know when they're gonna come it's so true so can I ask you with your birth do you what time was what time was had they actually born when did she come earth side yeah 5 38 p.m so I was in labor from four in the morning till four 5 30 in the afternoon so 13 and a half hours yeah not bad for first not bad for first at all but then we're like oh girl you're second you better not be driving two hours because yeah it might come quick but like I said I had chosen a hospital birth long before I was empowered that I could do it with a midwife or do it at home you know so I I know that for my next birth, we have a beautiful midwifery in our town, which is so random. Cause like I said, we live in the middle of nowhere and we have two beautiful midwives here and I will absolutely be birthing with them. They are busy as heck. My gosh. And I tell you there's babies coming <laughs> and they have such beautiful success in that midwifery. And just, I've heard so many amazing stories out of there that I'm excited for my next few babies mm. and to uh to deliver them there but like I said holding grace for yourself opening yourself up to if it changes you have to accept that you know so beautiful you do so so beautiful well thank you so much I won't keep you much longer I can hear Miss Hadley is is hankering for some playtime so if I wish everyone could see her the way that I'm seeing her a beautiful <laughs> smiling excited little face right now She's been tugging on your hair and you've been handling that with much grace. I know, bringing a ponytail in three seconds. (laughs) (laughs) This is just for you. (laughs) Uh, Well, thank you so, so much, Amanda. Thank you so much. You take care. Thanks so much for listening. Please, if you would be so kind, I would be grateful if you could share, subscribe, rate, and review the show. Please follow the show over on Instagram at Fertile at 40 Podcast and share what you thought about this week's episode. Don't forget to tag us. For more info on today's show, please head on over to the podcast website at meganpearson.ca forward slash podcast. Until next time.